Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Wonderful. This is Wonderful, a show where we talk about things that's good, that we like, that we're into. We hope that you've come to the right place and that you, oh no, there's someone standing up in the back of class right now. They look real nervous. They're like, uh-oh, I thought this was a... Uh... I, I thought this was a, one of the murder shows. <laughs> I'm supposed to be in Murder Shows 101, How to Get Away. I was supposed to be in How to Get Away with Murder Class. Griffin doesn't really like the murder shows. No, I don't. I guess what is I, it about murder that you think is bad? Well, I'll tell you. Yeah. You know how I'm sort of socially uh, not all that, not all there. Like I'm, I'm uncomfortable <laughs> with a lot of sort of interactions. Okay. Murder seems like one of the more sort of transgressive social interactions. I know. That's why it's so delicious. Gross. (laughs) Um, Do you have any, do you think anyone ever stood up in the how to get away with murder class and was like, I'll be straight with you guys. (laughs) I was looking. You're all under arrest. (laughs) I was, I'm supposed to be in like uh, earth sciences and I have been so embarrassed to like stand up. You all seem like you're really into this. And I'm going to I'm going to go <laughs> learn about minerals. Do you have any small wonders? I do. So you've got kind of a grunge look going on. You like that. Which I like. But yeah. actually, my small wonder is a T-shirt over a long sleeve shirt. That's the opposite of what I'm doing, though. And so that's from the grunge era. Yes. Okay. Yes. It made me think of I always get delighted when I think of the fact that I could wear a T-shirt over a long sleeve shirt. It is yeah. not something I remember to do frequently. Because it's not really the style anymore. No. But anytime I see someone doing it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I could do that. I guarantee <laughs> you that'll come back. I feel like the cyclical way that fashion trends go, and I'm really plugged into this shit if you can't tell. Uh-huh. I feel like 2026, 20, around the time that the internet stops um, being a thing we all use, uh-huh. I think we're all going to go full fucking dug on it. Just all our underwear on the outside of the pants, quail man style. Oh, that reminds me that I want to get a sweater vest. I really like sweater vests and I don't have one right now. You would look great in a sweater vest. And this is the weather we're in. This is the moment. This is the moment. Not much longer. It's going to heat up. You can't wear sweater vests when the blossoms are blooming. (laughs) I'm going to say Doug is my small wonder. (laughs) That show had a very special place in my heart. This is a little boy and he... Wasn't he was not very cool, but he wanted to be so bad, yeah. And he liked a lot of cool stuff, yeah. That's what I always appreciated about Doug. He liked a lot of cool stuff, he knew a lot of cool people, but he himself wasn't. He himself wasn't. He's just kind of a regular guy, you know, sort of a right. Well, I don't know, except when he was Quail Man, except when he was Quail Man, he had big imagination, (laughs) bigger nose. Whoa, big nose. Everybody in that show had pretty, pretty honking schnozzes. I go first this week. Doug is also my big wonder. What's what's up now? No. How wild oh, would that be? I know. Be? I had a moment where I was like, really? You looked, star- you looked frightened at the possibility of me talking about Doug. It's more that it's so taboo to use to your- To talk s- about Doug? No. To, <laughs> to use your small wonder as, the, as your topic. Right. No, I would never. That's I would against, never. That's against the unwritten rules that we have created for yes. this show. <laughs> Um, no, my big wonder this week is a game, but I think it's one that we can all get behind is Super Smash Brothers. Um, oh, this one is really good for everyone. It's because good for all of us. Even if you don't know what you're doing, you just hit a bunch of buttons and that's fun. And the guys will do stuff. Uh-huh. I get it. I get into that a bit later on, but it is, it, I've never really 
gotten deep into the fighting game scene all the way back from like you know Mortal Kombat when when that was first coming out because it always annoyed me that every character had a different sequence of like arcane button inputs and combos that you had to memorize and so like even today like people who are good at fighting games are like well i main sub-zero so i know all the different controls for sub-zero but if you drop me down into you know uh into to i can't think of a single other mortal combat scorpion then like (laughs) i'm not gonna know what i'm doing that's always very annoying smash brothers did away with all that. It's like you press one button and it does the same shit for every character. And that's very good. Well, they do have different powers. They have different though. powers, but you don't have to do like. You don't have to do like a button sequence. Right. Yeah. Okay. So to do a Hadouken in Street Fighter, sort of the most uh, like iconic move in fighting, you have to do a quarter circle turn with the stick and then hit punch. And you have to do it with the right timing. And so, like, it's not like you press the Hadouken button. That always drove me fucking crazy. (laughs) And so, like, I would learn how to do that. And then I'd be like, well, I guess I main Ryu. Now, when I played Street Fighter, the character I would always play as was E. Honda. Because you could crouch and then press the punch button really fast. And he would do this thousand hand slap. And you could just slowly walk into your opponent and hope that they didn't move around too much. And I was like, well, that's my main. But Smash Brothers, it's the same buttons. It's the same buttons every time. And there's not even that many buttons on a Nintendo 64 controller to begin with so. seems like a lot of buttons to me well yeah i guess anytime that's... you get those like shoulder buttons i'm like what what, what? where do they get they're yeah. not on the top um so i i've been like i've been a nintendo fan like my whole life because the nes more or less came to the states around the same time i did um <laughs> and i like i play everything they make I, I pretty much always have and so in november 1999 uh which was like a wild time for nintendo in the first place because that's about when pokemon came out uh, just a lot, a lot of game playing was happening uh, around that time. Uh, Nintendo released Super Smash Brothers for the Nintendo 64, and it was just, it was one of the more monumental kind of gaming moments in my life. Because imagine you grow up playing games that have Mario and Donkey Kong and Link yeah. and Samus from Metroid and, uh, you know, all of these different characters in it. And then all of a sudden you can play as all of them in the uh-huh. same game. That's That was literally unheard of. Uh-huh. Um, and and I would say remains unheard of outside of the boundaries so of Super So it started with a whole bunch of characters. It wasn't like it, it started with four or something. It started with 12. It actually started with eight and you had to unlock the other four. <laughs> and it was really fucking hard to unlock the other four. Uh, I remember playing this game with my friend Clint trying to unlock Ness from Earthbound, which is a pretty obscure, like, Super Nintendo RPG, but he was, like, the last character you had to unlock. You had to, like, beat the arcade mode on the hardest setting without, like, having to use a continue. And it was really... Re- we, we had multiple days of attempts. Uh, and then finally we did it. We beat the game on the hardest mode without using a continue, and then you have to beat Ness. And we were just, like, on... <laughs> like the edges of our seats like one of the biggest pop-offs i think ever which like knowing the two of us not really the popping off type uh it was it was it was a huge moment um but yeah i mean it was it was a game where you could play as these 12 different characters from different games uh using a very simple control scheme and so all of a sudden like i could play fighting games anyone could play fighting games 
Uh, and and so in that way, it became more of like a party game, which the Nintendo 64 had some like really good ones of. So it was just in this rotation of that and Mario Party and, you know, uh, Mario Tennis. Uh, there was like a beautiful sort of uh, ecosystem of, of party games that Smash Brothers like dominated when it when it first came out in 99. So I played it. I played it nonstop with my brothers and my friends. Everyone at my uh, school was talking about it. It had one of the, it, no, it had the all-time best commercial for a video game ever uh, because it was just uh, people in mascot costumes for Mario and Donkey Kong and Pikachu. Oh. And they were like holding hands frolicking through a field to, uh, I can't take you loving them. Yeah. Um, and then they just start beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> I do not remember this, but that's I'll great. Show, I will show it to you later. It is. It is. It It was so... Uh, <laughs> like sacrilegious in a way. Uh-huh. Uh, and it also was like very much like 90s tood uh, that, that really, really worked for me. So th- this was like a huge, huge game for like all the people in my life who I knew who who played games. Uh, more entries in the series came out. There was Smash Brothers Melee uh, on the GameCube uh, that added like a bunch more characters. It also added like a bunch of weird high-level play sort of strategy that I didn't really enjoy like... There's a lot of very advanced techniques you can do to like move your character like a little bit faster or be a little bit more evasive. And so like the hardcore Smash Brothers community still plays this one because it's the one that like lets you do the most like technical high level shit that is completely inscrutable to me and frankly kind of goes against the spirit of smash brothers in in the first place which is why i didn't really rock with that one from too the much. very beginning did they do the thing where you could fall off the edge of the platform and yeah die? so that was another big thing it's like you weren't trying to de- deplete someone's health bar right half the game is about movement and yeah. uh you know positioning yourself well so that you're not just going to take a bunch of hits right on the edge of the map it's also about like picking up the items that appear and so that's a huge <laughs> balancing and also being able to find your character on the screen at any point yeah. because that happens to me a lot that's why i hate those levels where you can fall off the edge because the, you know if there's like four characters on the screen all of and a sudden you just walk right off yeah and i've seen this happen to henry too it's like wait where am i oh no he does get very very frustrated <laughs> uh so then there was on the wii there was super smash brothers brawl which added even more characters there was Super Smash Brothers for Wii U, which is not a great title uh, that added even more characters. And then finally, Smash Brothers Ultimate came out on the Nintendo Switch in 2018. Uh, and Ultimate was notable for one being sort of the last Smash Brothers game because I can't imagine why you would need any more anything else. Um, it was notable because it included every character from the roster that had ever been present in any other entry in the series. I remember when they announced that at E3, like who's kind of, a lot of people come in and they're like, Oh, I miss, uh, you know, playing as, uh, Falco in this one. Cause he wasn't in Smash Bros. for Wii U. Well, guess what? Fucking everyone's going to be there. Not only that, this game, super smash brothers ultimate for switch contains a unthinkable amount of crossover characters not just characters from other nintendo games although they certainly go very very deep in the in the roster for for those characters games that like nintendo didn't even make right you have sonic you have pac-man you have simon belmont from castlevania you have 
uh, Banjo-Kazooie. Also, like, a lot of the Nickelodeon characters, right? Well, that's Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl, which is a completely different, which is a different game. That would be lit if, like, (laughs) we could get that, get Danny Phantom in in the official Smash Brothers mix. That game is great. I love Nintendo uh, All-Stars Brawl, I think is what it's called. And Henry does, too, because you can be Garfield in it. Um, But, like... You had like old RPG characters, Cloud and Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII, Sora from Kingdom Hearts. That game has 89 playable characters in it, which is crazy. That is a bonkers number of characters (laughs) for any game, especially any fighting game where like balance and fine tuning is like the most important thing. Yeah. Because nobody's going to like play a competitive game like that if there's just like the one character that can beat all of the other characters i imagine what happened is they like started with less and they kept getting feedback of like oh you should really include this one and they just kept doing it until it was like every single one absolutely <laughs> like it was an ongoing thing of uh it, it, when ultimate came out in 2018 right this this franchise was almost 20 years old and so that was 20 years of people asking for characters to be in the game and teasing out like uh, a big one is Ridley, is this big alien monster from uh, Metroid uh, named for Ridley Scott. And so, like, people have been asking for him for so long. And then I remember when the trailer came out, anytime they would announce a character, they would do it with this big cinematic trailer that would be like several minutes long and it would show like mario you know walking along a bridge and then sephiroth comes like flying out of the sky and stabs him through the chest and everyone's like oh shit sephiroth's in the game uh some of my favorite gaming videos ever are like crowd reactions to character announcements uh because there's something so pure and just undeniably enjoyable about seeing a crowd of adults gathered at the Nintendo World Store to watch the like Nintendo Direct press conference and then when they announced that fucking Banjo-Kazooie is coming to the game (laughs) and it's just everybody loses their minds that is I watch that video from time to time because it is just pure delight to see uh, to see people get excited there is nothing else like it in all of gaming I can't think of another thing where every time they would announce some new character again 89 times people would just flip absolute shit Um, and then of course the game came out and was incredible just like one of my favorite games ever one of the things I really do enjoy about how approachable it is is that Henry has been able to like play it and get really into it because it's not that hard to like make the characters do cool stuff and sort of succeed. You can at, also at the like game. play with the difficulty, right? So yeah, you can customize the game in like a million different ways to make it so that you are beating up, you know, seven you know jiggly puffs that are are have their difficulty set to zero and yeah. then all of a sudden like it's a totally different thing there's like a whole story mode that is like genuinely very good uh that that we have played through i think a couple of times now um and it's really wonderful to like have this game that i love playing that i get to play with henry that he gets a big kick out of and also like he gets to like learn about all of these different characters most of which like i grew up with and so like this is his first exposure to like a lot of a lot of these characters he has played way more smash brothers than than he's ever played any zelda game so like he knows who link is and toon link and young link who are three different characters in the smash brothers (laughs) ultimate roster because of because of smash brothers and i think that's i think that's really 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 special and cool um I love this game. I can't think of too many, uh, many other more important games than it. Where like Desert Island, 
if I'm on a desert island with my Switch, like I, w- I would want Smash Brothers Ultimate to be there with me because it's just a, it is just a big toy box full of stuff that is yeah. all fun to play with that you can play with any way that you want. Yeah. You can make your own levels. You can like make your own characters. Now it's like there's so many, so many ways to get around with it. It is, it is a very generous game, and everything it does is so good. And and I can't think of too many other games that kind of fit that bill. Yeah, well, Smash Brothers. That's cool. Can I steal you away? Yes. Thanks. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain The Eurovision Song Contest. Hundreds of millions of people watch it every year. It played a part in a democratic revolution in Portugal. It introduced the world to Riverdance, and it launched Celine Dion's career. But you might have never watched it. It's got so much history and so many storylines that it can feel overwhelming to get into. Mm-hmm. It's like a real housewife season, but everyone's a better singer. Well, sometimes. But that's where we come in. I'm Dimitri Pompey. I'm Oscar Montoya. And I'm Jeremy Bent, and we're the hosts of Eurovangelists. If you're new to Eurovision, we'll tell you everything you need to know to start enjoying the world's most important important song competition. And if you're already a fan, we'll dive deep on its wildest moments, like when Ireland sent a turkey puppet to sing for them. You're Evangelist. New episodes every Thursday. On MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts.
Jordan Cruciola, host of Feeling Seen, where we start by asking our guests just one question. What movie character made you feel seen? I knew exactly what it was. Clementine from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Joy Wang slash Jobu Tupaki. That one question launches amazing conversations about their lives, the movies they love, and about the past, present, and future of entertainment. Roy in uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I worry about what this might say about me, but I've brought Tracy Flick in the film Election. So if you like movies, diverse perspectives, and great conversations, check us out. Oof, this is real. New episodes of Feeling Seen drop every week on MaximumFun.org. You want to know what my thing is? Desperately. It is the NHL All-Star Skills Competition. Oh, hell yes! <laughs> I'm so stoked to learn about the NHL All-Star Skills Competition. This is coming up. So this is... It is, yeah. Yeah, the... What made me think of it is we were watching hockey last night and the teams across the league are going to go on what they call the All-Stars break because on February 2nd uh, is when they're doing the skills competition. And then I believe on a different day, they actually like play a game like conference versus conference. For the blue- is Thomas going Thomas, on? yeah. Okay. Thomas is the, a blues player who is, uh, is great. Robert Thomas. Robert Thomas. We're <laughs> not on first name basis. <laughs> Gotta be out there for Tommy. Tommy gonna be there. Tommy! Uh, so this hasn't actually been around this that long. It's been around since 1990. Okay. Uh, and it's funny in the beginning. The All-Star, does the All-Star game precede it, I assume? Or did, did both come out at the same time, the All-Star game and the skills competition? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, All-Star game, I think started, uh, yeah, in the 1940s. <laughs> okay. So yeah, by about 50 years. Um, so this is, I was trying to think of something applicable in other sports, uh, and I know that like baseball does like the home run derby. Yes, yeah. Like, but football doesn't do anything like this, right? There's the NFL Combine, but I don't know what that is. <laughs> I think it's I think I think it's where play like new players come to like show how fast they can run a forty yard dash. Oh. There's something along those lines. <laughs> Sounds right. It's been so long. It's been so long since I've watched a football game. When I used to watch a lot of them, it feels so weird to me to be so wildly detached. I know from this from the space. Well, I won't let you be that way about hockey. I don't want to be that way about hockey. Good. Uh, So the All Star Skills Competition is. if if your if your team has a player or a couple players that are particularly good, like they're they're great scorers or you have a great goaltender or whatever, they will get kind of nominated to participate in this. And then they have some fan votes too, where you can like vote for the player you want included. I checked, none of the blues mm. got voted up. Oh, I just remember the NBA slam dunk contest. Oh, yeah, yeah. God, that's good shit. Um so they all will like represent their various divisions and play a game together. And then now, since 1990, they do a skills competition, which has like a variety of events. Yes. One of the ones that is like most iconic to me is the the accuracy shooting. Yes. So this is where they used to put a target in each corner of the net. Uh, and then players would have to like hit all of them with the puck. Right. So they would stand back, I think, like at the blue line or maybe a little bit closer uh, and fire pucks at those plates. Yeah, it used to be that the object was to hit all four targets in as few attempts as possible. 
but in that format, a lot of people were doing it. Okay. Um, it, it like in 92, 93, 96, uh, it was just people kept being able to do that. And so now they changed it and how fast you can do right. it. Uh, and they also, for a couple of skills competitions, they changed it up a little bit. Um, in 2018, the, the foam targets were replaced with LED targets that light up to show the player where they had to shoot next. Uh, in 2019, <laughs> the targets had emojis. That's, that's, that's nothing. Uh, in 2020, they put a fifth target in the center of the net. Where you don't usually shoot because there's a guy there most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. That's the most confusing one for players because they're like, right in the middle? Where's the guy? But the current record holder hit four out of four targets in 7.3 seconds. <laughs> That's fucking Isn't that Who like, was that? Uh, it is uh, Sedin. Mm. Daniel Sedin, a Swedish hockey player, used to play with Vancouver. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so th- I like that one a lot. That one's just cool to watch. Sure. Like it, like, it is amazing to me how accurate some of these players can be. It is also a trip. In hockey, whenever someone scores a goal, it's a huge fucking deal because it doesn't happen that often per game compared to a lot of other sports. And so to just watch people hum puck after puck after puck after puck into an empty net, there's a weird primordial like serotonin that is released where it's just like yes puck go in net <laughs> yes puck get in there i love when puck go in net um there is the breakaway challenge which they um <laughs> made into like a slam dunk style like as yeah. you were talking about challenge um this didn't start till 2008 okay uh and for 2008 2009 and 2011 i think 2010 there was a strike Oh, yeah. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin won all three years. Oh, really? Petrangelo won in 2022, which I think I remember. I think we watched that one. So that's that's the one where they kind of have to like stunt as they- They stunt, yeah. As they- So they will do some kind of clever thing as they are skating towards the net and then fans text message who they think should win. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Uh, Fastest skater. uh, That's one I really like. Jordan Kyrou won in 2022. Uh, you have to just go around the ice as fast as possible. Uh, you just do one full lap around the outside. Um, and the record is 13.172. Uh, Jordan Cairo got 13.55. That's really good. But it kind of ranges. It's funny. The first year they did this in 1990, they did 28 miles per hour. I don't know how they figured that out, but instead of counting the amount of time, how they fast measured you the get speed. Up to yeah. miles an hour? No, they measured the speed of like who could skate oh, the fastest. Whoa. So the winner, if you like, if you look at the ranking, uh, <laughs> the winner in 1990 just has 28 miles per hour, and everybody else has like 14 seconds, 13 seconds, 15 seconds. So I don't, I don't know what they did. Did that they first just? Year. I see why they changed it because otherwise you would just get up to 28 miles an hour and then just shatter the glass in the back <laughs> of the know. rink. Uh, hardest shot is a really good one. Oh too. yeah, that's one I like because. The dudes who do that one can't do any of the other ones. Yeah. Usually when they're not great skaters, typically. No, when you have someone like Colt Pareko who like does like, you know, 100 plus mile slap yeah. shots several times a game, he's not, he's not the nimblest fella uh, yeah. out there. Uh, so the all time 
winner of this winning seven years is Al McGinnis, okay. uh, who is a St. Louis Blues player. Right. Um, his numbers are not actually particularly high, but he used a wooden stick uh, because he thought it was more accurate. Um, players now don't typically use a wooden stick yeah, like so they can crazy get fiberglass shit, right? Um, yeah, like his fastest speed ever in all those years was 105.2. I mean, that's um, faster than I could hit it. Oh, yeah, no, it's incredible. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, the hardest shot now is up to 108.5. I mean, it, that doesn't sound like a big difference, but that's that's <laughs> faster than any shot I've ever seen shot in in my all my time watching hockey. So those are kind of the main ones. Yeah. Um, and there are a bunch that they have tried and not continued. It's the thing that I kind of love about the NHL is there's like this like kind of grassroots quality. Yeah. Because the industry as a whole makes like half what any any, any other, other sport does. Yeah. Yeah. So like every year they're kind of trying something new. Has there ever been a fighting one? That no. was my question. Is <laughs> that have would they ever, be so great though? Have they ever had a fighting one? I'm sure they're not against that idea. I'm sure someone suggested. I'm sure Craig Berube in his time was like, "Hey, I have an idea." The one we watched, and I don't know if you remember this, this was in 2020. Uh, players shot uh, approximately 30 feet above the ice from the seating area. <laughs> they shot seven pucks, scoring points for each target hit. They did this one year in 2020, and Patrick Kane won. Okay. Uh, he got 22 points. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Not applicable. <laughs> traditionally when you watch hockey because i know there's a lot of our fans who who maybe don't watch it and so our discussions of it is um the only exposure they have traditionally in hockey you're on the ice there's not a lot yeah. of <laughs> there's not a there's not a play it where it lies rule yeah. traditionally it's not like a Cirque du Soleil show where players go into the audience and interact with the fans now i will say <laughs> I would love eradicating the delay of game penalty when you shoot it over the glass on your own end. Uh, if instead the ref is just like, go get, get out there, guys. <laughs> Crack yeah. open the Zamboni. You have to go get it now. Crack open the, the Zamboni portcullis <laughs> and you go get that puck. Uh, there was another one, a passing challenge, which I think sounds really cool. Um Players mm. had to uh, complete four successful passes to the targets that randomly lit up. So that I guess that they would have to like, but if there would be lights around the arena and they would have to like pass it to that light. But that's a shot. Like if you're, you can only pass it to a human, I feel. In my estimation. The if, robots aren't going to, aren't going to choose you when they do their great calling in sports video games there is a pass button and there is a shoot button and the pass button i feel like necessitates a, a receiver of the pa of the pass right yeah i mean what are you passing if it is not to an individual right. yeah yeah now you're just now you're just ridding yourself of it mm -hmm. as fast as you possibly can okay so 2024 this year in toronto uh toronto <laughs> There's a lot that is fun about this. So one thing um, is that each team uh, will have a celebrity 
um, attached to it. I don't know if you remember this in the past. I feel like John Hamm was at one year, but four celebrity captains. So they are connected to the various okay, that's leagues. Fine. Um, you know, there's like a Metropolitan League and a Central League and a Pacific League. Uh, so those four celebrities, for whatever reason, they only list three in this article. So I don't know what that means. Hmm. Uh, Justin Bieber, uh, Will, Ar- Will Arnett. Which teams are they associated with? Are, are they are they each associated with a team? You said, yeah. Okay. Do you have? Do you know who each one? I assume both of them are. I'm guessing Canucks and Oilers and. Well, no. Each division has all stars. Ah, okay, you so see what I'm saying? Uh, yes, I get you now. So it doesn't really matter, honestly, okay. you know, because every division will have players from different teams. I thought you were saying each NHL team no. had a celebrity representative, which is like, that's 32 celebrities. That would be a lot of famous people, I think, to get to go to the uh, No, the celebrity captains help the four all-star team captains select their 11-player teams. Now, help... <laughs> I don't know what that means in this case. Yeah. But it's Justin Bieber, Will Arnett, uh, who both have connections to hockey, like both hockey enthusiasts. They're both Canadian, yes? Yes. Okay. I mean, the third, I think, is also a Canadian. Michael Buble. Okay. I don't know what his connection to hockey might be. It's possible he also has one. I bet I can uh, Google Buble <laughs> hockey real quick and get something. <laughs> So the thing that is particularly interesting this year, usually with the skills competition, it was kind of open to everybody. Like anybody could get out there like, you know, Jordan Cairo, like, oh, I'm a fast skater. I'm going to compete in the fastest skater. This year, only 12 players are going to compete in the competitions and they're going to compete throughout. Interesting. And then the winner will get a million dollars. What? <laughs> yes. They will collect points throughout the competitions. Uh, and at the end, the winner will get a million dollars. Apparently, the winning goalie will get $100,000 too. So, But there's not a blues player in the skills competition, right? No. Okay. There's no, just- they announced all the players, actually. Um, I'm sure I would recognize a lot of the. I, they have to be big name being yeah. boys, I assume. Uh, I know Connor McDavid. I recognize okay. him off the list. He's he's quite good. Yeah. Um. But uh, you got Bedard. That little that little. No. no. I mean, he's brand new. He ain't ready. I don't think you get there right away. Yeah. The other thing that I thought was funny about this is how much it is sponsored. Like, you know how Ninja Warrior like would have the minions, whatever. <laughs> no, okay, honey, babe. You can't say that and then just expect from the sentence you said <laughs> okay. anyone other than your beloved husband to glean any, <laughs> any. There are portions of the Ninja Warrior course that have some kind of promotion associated with it. And so, like, they go over a pit and it is the like minions pit. And there's big balls that roll when you jump on them and you have to run across them very fast. And the number of people who had built their whole years around this one Ninja Warrior course run to be thwarted by the minions and then look up at them from the pool of water like, you fucking minions. (laughs) It was funny every single time that it happened. So uh, round one, fastest skater, it is the fast and all NHL fastest skater. I had to look up what fastenal was. Apparently, like a, like it a is a, a, a the largest fastener distributor in North America. Hell yeah, <laughs> that's what we. That's the heat we re, fucking Adidas out of here. I know. Uh, there is the Cheetos NHL accuracy shooting. <laughs> I will say, if they suspended Cheetos, I know that of the would be impressive. And they had to shatter. 
you know, puffy or crunchy. Make Take your choice. This one's new. There is a Pepsi NHL obstacle course. What's that mean? It's like uh, the top six point earners will advance to the eighth and final event. Uh, and the obstacle course, I think they have to do a little bit of everything. Okay, cool. Uh, all at once. Hey, I want to watch this, I think, even I if know. we don't know anyone in it. <laughs> I know. That's my thought. Like, if you are not somebody that follows hockey because you find it complicated and difficult to stick with, like, this is just a fun a fun thing to watch. Yeah, um, I remember why. I mean, obviously, we're per- very, very deeply invested in the Blues as an organization. But watching Cairo win the speed skating uh, competition in, in 22, you said, I remember that just like on our feet, like really very, very, very excited for this yeah. very silly thing. Yeah. Uh, also, the Tim Horton one-timers competition, um, that's just like, Somebody passes it to you and you just immediately shoot. That's fascinating. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. I think I'll, I'll be curious to see if this new format sticks around or not. Like on one hand, I get the like the 12 player idea mm-hmm. um, because it makes them more competitive. The prize will, you know, make them, I guess, compete harder. But also we don't see any players we know because it's a much, much smaller roster. Yeah. And you're, I mean, I used to think of it in like Olympic format where I wanted to believe when Jordan Cairo won, he was officially the fastest, the fastest skater, skater in all of the NHL, right. which you, you can't even really say with much confidence if, if only just, 12 players right, get to yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, hey, do you want to know what our friends at home are talking about? Yes. Ben says, when you go to fill up your pill container for the week and you dump exactly seven pills in your hand, it makes me feel like I have some sort of superpower. Ooh. I love this shit. <laughs> I love it. This is the most like adult thing to be excited about, but I know exactly what this person is saying. It's very good. <laughs> it make, It's convenient. It makes you feel good about yourself. Like, yeah. I can. I know when seven pills are in my hand. Yeah. Uh, it's huge. And also, you have to spend less time refilling your pill caddy, which is such a chore. <laughs> uh, Finn says, my small wonder recently has been the presence of bodega cats at my local delis. It always makes my day that much better to meet a furry little guy when getting my morning coffee, especially when the staff refers to the cat as the manager. I feel like we've had bodega oh. cats submitted for this very segment again. I can't get enough of hearing about these little guys. Yeah. The only comparable thing I had growing up was there was a used bookstore that had cats. And as a kid, I always used to like going because there were just cats hanging out in sunbeams. We had a costume shop called Magic Makers in Huntington that we went to, unsurprisingly, a lot. <laughs> and uh, the owners of that store owned a monkey together. <laughs> so you'd go in to like get Dracula teeth or whatever, and the monkey would be there. I'm confused. I, I thought only What type a- of monkey? It was a capuchin monkey. <laughs> I did a whole report on it for se- when I was in seventh grade. I thought when you owned a business, you were under some scrutiny. And it seems like somebody would be like, oh, you can't own a monkey. No, nah, I mean, Huntington was pretty chill about it. <laughs> okay. um, that's it for the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for these for our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Thank you to Maximum Fun. Also, for having us on the network, go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great stuff that they got uh, float, floating around on there. Uh, you're you're going to find something that you like there, I bet. Um, and, uh, we have merch over at McElroy merch. I don't know what day you're listening this to, uh, to, to this on. If it is January, we got that three brother moon shirt still going on. If it's February, oh, yeah. we got a bunch what's, of other new stuff what's coming What's February out. got in store? Can you give any teasers? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. 
there's a uh, there's <laughs> there's a new shirt design. Oh, first of all, if you want fun galore, you're gonna have fun galore. <laughs> Do not worry about that. We've got you in so many different. Ways. I don't I don't know when this episode comes out, so I don't want to spoil too much. So maybe I'll just drop that and say a lot of fun galore. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of fun galore could expect that. Yeah. Um. So so go check all that out. Uh. Let's stop. Let's let's stop there. This oh, okay. has been this has been a good one, and let's not let's not get greedy. You know, mm-hmm. we got in there, we delivered gold. Let's get out. Okay, wash our hands of it. Okay, we'll see you guys. We'll see you guys next week, and uh, that's us washing our hands of you. Bye. Bye. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.